0: Um, this morning hallelujah it's I wanted to carry on on this uh, the series uh, well i 'll say it 's a series it 's just really just a, a, a mini series. I was talking about the benefits uh, last week and and really it, it was in response to what what um, we had in in the in the previous part, the early part of February, you know, we started off February with Pastor Greg Moore here, and he was talking about life and health. And then the very then that very week, we had Andrew Womack and at the Hilton and with with Ashley and Carly, and they were particularly talking about prosperity and finances, and 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 Carly, of course, teaching um, uh, you know about health and healing. And then of course they came to our church that next Sunday morning on the 12th, and they were talking about health and and, and prosperity and and healing and miracles and. and and what, it, it, it's just a pattern, it's not just coincidence, but the, these, these particular two benefits that God has given the, the church um, in, in prosperity and in health um, is a necessary benefit of the gospel. And, and I talk about, I wanted to just put that in perspective because a lot of people have poo-pooed the whole prosperity message, and they've even called these people that have labeled it the prosperity gospel, and there's people that have taken it way out to the extreme and, and made it all about money, and, and they've made it about Rolexes and multiple things and airplanes and whatever, and, and some of you have seen and been exposed to some of those abuses. It's not about having multi-thousand-dollar suits and, and things like that. Listen, God has incredibly blessed the, the the church and the body of Christ traditionally you see it in in the past you see in the present there is a prosperity for us There is a reason for the prosperity for us. So what I wanted to put in perspective is don't throw away the the fact that we and you and I are meant to prosper and what that means. And I'm talking not in every realm, but also financially. We don't just throw it away because it is a technical benefit. Jesus, it says in the New Testament, was made poor so that we can become rich. Poverty never blessed anyone. If you think it's okay to be poor, you are thinking way, way, way too small. Because we have been blessed, and and Pastor Greg mentioned this years ago. He said we have been blessed. He taught that we have been blessed to be a blessing. That was the promise given to Abraham. And we are partakers of that promise. We, okay, we we have to lay we have to lay hold of that. We are blessed to be a blessing, and it says it right there in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And 2 Corinthians 9 is speaking about money, and I'm not making this all about money, I'm just talking about the, the, the benefits. But we are blessed that we can have more than enough to be generous on every occasion. Yes. Would you want to be part of that? Yes. Well, the in the end time harvest that comes needs that. Yes. It needs that. It needs that. It, need, it absolutely needs that. In Romans 10, it talks about, and Corin referenced it in a few minutes ago. Romans 10, and it's right from verse, like, I don't know, 10, 12, 13, I think it says, he who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and etc. And it says, how can they be saved unless somebody, unless they first believe? Sorry, how can they believe unless they first hear? How can they hear unless somebody preaches to them? And how can somebody preach unless they are sent? And so there is a very clear pattern of, of what has to happen. And, and, and so, there, there is a way that we've got to finance the gospel. And the God, God wants to use us. He wants to use all of us. But particularly, there are some people that are specially gifted to raise money for the kingdom. And so this is a benefit. If you are struggling in finances, you don't have to. You don't have to. I, and, I, and I'm going to put a pin in that one because just to step over because these things are connected to, to, you are not designed to stay in lack or sickness, um, in, in, in a lack of health, not just a lack of money, but a lack of health in your body. That is not from God. And I tell you what, we have over, religion has overcomplicated these things and made it hard to attain and said, if you jump through this hoop and this hoop and this hoop and this hoop, then God will heal you. Or, oh, that's only for the super people or the big faith people, etc., etc., and God is showing us through these gifts that have been given to us. This is, this is listen, guys, this is the bread and butter of the kingdom. Yeah. This is not for the super, the big, good, great Christians out there. Right. It is the bread and butter. This is the necessary tools just to have a raw, regular, normal, supernatural life. Yeah. Yeah. You and I are, are if, to get ready, there's like this word which we have. This word is that you to, to be ready for the end time harvest. Not only do we—these need to be normal things to us. We need to get these stuff aside, not because it's the point of the gospel. Understand that. It is not a prosperity gospel. It is not a healing. It's just not about—the it. it, gospel includes these benefits. There are many benefits that come along with the gospel. And if we don't realize or partake of the benefits or how to partake of the benefits— then one, we are just not equipped. And I'm, I'm tired. I am honestly tired of people dying before their time. It's not cool. No, 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 no guilt and condemnation. But, you know, it's precious in the, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And the word precious literally means costly. It's costly to the kingdom for saints to die. It's not like, oh, sweet, so-and-so died. No, it's not precious like that. It's like, no, that's not right. That's not right. That is not right. And I'm not saying that we don't have a time limit, but we don't have to. Why are we okay with dying sick? Why are are we okay with that? Pastor Greg came and he taught that message. And if you go and listen to it, I encourage you to listen to it again and again and again and again and again because he gave some very pertinent points. I've been listening to it a number of times, and each time I listen to it, I get a whole other nugget that is affecting my own personal heart. But if the, and, and really, that's, that's the call of this message, and, and ultimately where we will end up today in this message, because there's so many parts of that, that, that we, we have to know how to appropriate the Word of God. If you are not experienced wanting the benefits... There is no guilt and shame. We are all on a journey, as you hear me say so many times. But you are not called to, to create a whole new theology that says, and, and you find some religious excuse that you've been told once before. Okay, that went over like a lead balloon. Yeah. We have, we have, we have, we've been, it's been made so complicated that, that suddenly healing is a big deal. Healing is not a big deal. Healing is not a big deal. Prosperity is not a big deal. Now, is it in part of a... You know, because we have had these, these little things that have been seeded, and we touched on last week, the whole sovereignty thing, and, and, and these, these, these little lies that have been dropped in here that makes it a big, big deal. And because we are not established in the Word, because we are not established in the Word, we have sucked down a lot of these pieces, these little poison pills, that our heart needs to get straightened out of again. Yes. We've swallowed it because Joe jo, jo Schmo said it, or this was my tr- this is was my experience, and we've we've believed the sovereignty thing. Like, well, if God wanted it, then it would just happen. It would just be automatic. Uh, no, no, no. That is a very fundamental truth of the of becoming a Christian. By grace through faith. By grace, God did it for free, it's been earned, it received through faith. God is, God, grace is God's part, is given freely, faith is our part, how we receive it. We believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth. And these messages that we've heard specifically, I want to, I, I'm, I'm flashing a big beacon over here. This is for us, people. Andrew Womack in, on the stand there, and we may have some of his, of his books there, he's got a great book called The Balance of Grace and Faith. It's great. It's phenomenal because he touches on these key points. You know, there's, in, in grace and faith particularly, those two, those, two, um, uh, uh, p- those two truths, are, are. they're not just simple words, right? Grace and faith are necessary, but we need to have a biblical understanding of what true grace is and a biblical God understanding from the word of what faith is. And we've got, because faith has been mistaught, mis- misunderstood, misinterpreted. And And you've heard me touch on this many times before because it is such a key part and then faith is i mean grace and faith both have have had this same issue and and the truth is that you know back in the um uh, back in the Reformation days with Martin Luther, remember when the, Re- Re- the Reformation actually happened, the Catholic Church, and I think it was, you know, I can't remember, it just when, round about when Gutenberg's press in the 1500s came out, the word was starting to get out, you know, Luther, Luther, Luther I think he was crawling up steps, right? at the Vatican on his knees, and the Lord spoke to him, and spoke to, spoke to him about certain things, and he had a revelation of how grace works, and because, and because the, at, up until that time, the Catholic Church did not, well, it still doesn't to most to a large degree, teach that it is salvation by grace through faith. It is by works. It is by what it is. It is by doing certain things, and, and there is Certain, I'm not saying not every Catholic is going to heaven. Please don't misunderstand me because there's some good people in every weird denomination, even at Lake Haven. I'm not saying that there's not people that, that, that are, 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 are part of or have some beliefs. But the point is that Luther got this revelation. Oh my gosh, it's by grace through faith, right? And so, well, actually, he was really by, by grace. He got the first part. He got such a revelation of the fact that it was God's grace that saved it. Do you know that Martin Luther actually had to try he tried to have the book of James removed from the Bible? You know why? Because he had such a phenomenal revelation of grace that when he read the book of James, it didn't make sense to him. He said, No, but this sounds like too much works. This is works. This is works. Like a lot of people have today when they throw Grace, the Grace baby out with the bathwater. And 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 so but, but when you understand James and you understand the, 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 the tension that is caused, there is, a, there, is, there is a perspective and a tension. There is, there is, there is not truly um, a, a discrepancy. There aren't compromised truths. They are paradoxical truths. There are apparent contradictions in the Bible. They're only apparent because we don't understand them. When you think something, and in our three-dimensional, four-dimensional world, if you, want, if you, if you including time, space-time, if you want to do it, if we only understand things very dimensionally, right? So, so we always try and understand them with our, our dimension. But you know that even scientists, even scientists have found, have discovered that there's probably 10 plus supergravity, probably 11 dimensions. <laughs> we can't conceive of these things. I've been reading up a bit about it, but, and it's fascinating. It's fascinating because what, the only way we can understand interdimensionality, and I'm not going to go too much in a weird tangent here, but just bear with me for a little bit. But, but the only way that we can understand is, is, you know what two dimensions are, right? A flat piece of paper is in two dimensions. It's got... Only one. So if you, took, if you took like the bathroom signs off here, we have a little picture of Mr. Flat, and on the other picture we have a little picture of Mr. F- Mr. Flat and Mrs. Flat. And if you can imagine Mr. Flat and Mrs. Flat in their worlds on two separate little signs, a little, even on the same table, you and me can look, to, look at Mr. and Mrs. Flat and see them together. We could, we could touch both of them together. We could interact with Mr. and Mrs. Flat. But in their two-dimensional world, they don't even know each other exist. I could touch both of them, and if I could insert myself into them, what would happen if I put my finger into their two-dimensional world? What will they see? A circle, A circle. exactly, because they can only tell in two dimensions. They don't have depth, I, so they would have no understanding. If I picked up Mr. Mrs. Flat, and I put them together on the same, in the same picture on the same plane, or put them and fold them together, and, they, and I stuck them... <gasps> They would suddenly appear, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, something just appeared! What, what? I don't understand. What? How did that? How did that happen?" They've just gone through inter- in, interdimensional travel. <laughs> in their world, there's things that they absolutely could not understand. It's you know when we when we look at our dimension, God is so we get we see glimpses, and I, there is phenomenal glimpses of the multidimensional dimensionality of God. The Bible talks about these, this, the heavens and the earth, the space, will be rolled up like a cloth and a map, and he stretches out the tent. And there's all this fabric connotation, which is very interesting because God says at the end of the time, it's going to be rolled up and it's going to be cast away. But what you see, Jesus, he didn't. when Jesus was, had a resurrected body, he wasn't affected by our four dimensions, and I'm including time there. He wasn't, he wasn't infected. How do we know? Because there's a scripture that people will blow up and say, you see, the Bible can't be true because we will judge it in our four dimensions. How could Jesus appear to 500 people at the same time? Yes, there is a scripture. in Luke. after he was born again, 500 people he appeared to at the same time. Well, that doesn't make sense. I guess the Bible's lying. no. Just because we live in our minimal, limited dimensionality, it doesn't mean, you know that God is not affected by time? Do you know just as I can look down on Mr. and Mrs. Flat and I could see both of them at the same time and interact with them way closer to them, I could be closer than a breath away from them and they wouldn't even know that I existed because they have no depth. Here, we have this experience of, of, of God, Jesus. He comes out. He appears on. The, he's on the road of Emmaus. He's talking to them, talking about his his life. They don't see him. They don't understand him until he breaks the bread on the road to Emmaus, and they like recognize him. And poof, he's gone. Next minute, we see poof, wall closed, locked doors. Jesus appears. Poof, and he eats, touches, physical. How does that happen? That doesn't happen in this dimension. So we've always known about heaven. And, and it's interesting because the more scientists study, the more they get glimpses of little things. They make com- connotations of dark energy and dark matter. And they say, you know, that of all the suns and the stars and everything like that, that, that we can observe, those are probably comprised only 5% of the energy in the universe. There is other things that they can't explain. There's one, there's one scientist that says it seems to be that this universe is a reflection of something great, bigger, much bigger. Interesting. You see, they are touching on things that they are grasping with those huge big minds of theirs that they can't understand. But you see, we can if we simply believe the Word of God. If we simply believe it, even if we don't understand it. But there is the problem. If we choose to put a halt on it and say, oh, I don't understand it, and you put a break on on the incredible greatness of God because we have no understanding. I'm telling you, if there are 11 dimensions, never mind just five dimensions, we have no concept. We have no concept of what is right here in our midst in one sense because we're thinking so limitedly with our heads, but we get a, a glimpse we get a glimpse. We get a glimpse through the Word of God. There are so many things. The Word of God, man. the Bible talks about the eternal covenant. It talks about things that are coming. It talks about ages, plural, to come. We live in the current age. There are so many things that are, that are part. And, and I'm telling you, we've just, got to, we've just got to decide we're not smart enough to know God. We are the created beings. We are the ones, and, and I, say, I say created with our, with our flesh. we These flesh parts die. I, I've, been I've been reading a guy that's fascinating because I, I love, you know, he's been breaking down um, Einstein's theory of relativity, E equals m squared, and, you know, energy equals the mass times the square of the speed of light. And it was, like, interesting. And, and the whole fact of how the speed of light works and, and, and how mass affects time and how they've figured out that how time – it's a fascinating study that scientists – Today, scientists, Einstein, with his theory of relativity, how time changes. Do you know that time can stretch and it can shrink, it can warp? It's called space-time, and they are actually related. And gravity has got a lot to do with it. It's, it's a fascinating thing. But that they're, they're, the, the theory of relativity is that time actually changes in relative to the object that is closer. That moves to the speed of light. The more the change in speed, the, 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 mo- the more time will change. It's actually been proven. CCM clocks, they've done experiments. You can read about them. In 1974, they flew them in four different Boeings and put cesium clocks on them, and they found out that the speed of time will change minutely, minutely to an instant degree. It, time will work differently, and, and it's, all been pure. it's all been according to their theories of how things work. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not saying that we rush out and go and study science. I'm just saying that science... True scientists are are poking and touching on things that they have no way to explain. And, and when, they, when they eliminate God from the equation, like some of them sadly have, they refuse to believe God, they refuse to, to accept anything that, that He says, um, then they take Him out of the equation completely, and, and things don't make sense, and they, they try and put the pieces of the puzzle together, right? So... But they can 't because they don 't have a complete picture you know you know i 've used this so often before my toy box yeah you know the truths of the Word of God are connected because this the, remember remember the Word of God is a person, his name is the logos he is connected the whole Word of God is connected and it's this is only Three-dimensional. This is only three-dimensional. He is not. I don't know how many dimensions he is. But everything is connected in him. And so what we do with our limited amount of understanding, and if we, especially if we don't agree and know how to work and flow with the Holy Spirit, makes us very, very limited. Because we pick a topic like, like faith. Or we t- pick a topic like grace. And we look at it so um, in such a, 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 in a minute form that, that we try and unpack it and we explain it very, in a very limited form. But you know that they still connected. You know, if, if in, my, in my Hoberman sphere here, you know, if, if this was the topic of grace and faith, there are certain pieces, everything is connected and changes with certain connection with other truths. Everything is still connected because it's still a revelation of who God is. And sometimes you see it from a different way. And that's why you, we, all, we will only, only as we choose to grow and work on a journey of faith, do we see Him and experience Him from a different side. But you never throw out something, you, don't, you know, with like Martin Luther, Luther tried to do when he tried to throw out um, and tried to try to kind of just throw it, excuse, um, you know, the, the, the whole, uh, uh, um, <laughs> I was going to say the faith piece. But, but really, because well, that's what James was teaching. He's saying, listen, guys, if you really believe, if you really have faith, faith is going to have a resulting action. Because we haven't decided. We've, we in our what we've believed, we've said faith is just an agreement in our head. If I say, I believe in you, Jesus, that's enough. No, that's not believing you. That's just agreeing with your head. Believing is something that you have to do with your heart. When you understand that faith is of the heart, faith has got nothing to do with your head. It starts in the head. And this is what uh, um, Carly particularly and them were teaching. There's a place where you've got to persuade. You've got to believe in your heart first. Believe in your heart and confess with your mind. You believe in your heart first, right? So all of these truths are connected in the, the mighty logos of God, the logic of God, who He is, His intentions, and everything else. So you know what God does? He says... Uh, these people just aren't getting the whole picture of who I am because they have been so deceived since the garden and since they died and since their spirit died, they have no, they no, have no faith spirit anymore. They have no faith spirit anymore, so they don't seem to understand anything. And you know how you know you know how God. I love it. In the Im- in the imagery in, in the garden here. Well, well, what G- what God does is He takes takes a man, right? Forms him out of earth, dust. It's fascinating. I love Hebrew. I, I, I was in the Hebrew kibbutz for three months, and I studied Hebrew there. And Adam, Adama, all of these, Dam, Dom, all that basic Greek word, all have them. One is red, one is blood, one is earth, one is man. Adam, Dam, Dom, Adama, earth, earth. they all all so closely linked in, in, the, in, the, in how God so God makes man out of red earth. It seems, perhaps. And he breathes into him the breath of life. Breathes into him. I love that. It makes me think of a scripture in Timothy. Theopnus, God inspired, God breathed. He breathes into him the breath of life and he becomes a living being. That word breathe in, in both Hebrew and in Greek. In, in Greek, it's ruach. Ruach is the word breath, is the word wind an, and if you go and study you know, the Greek Testament, it's pneuma, air, like pneumatic tires. Pneuma, air, is the same as pneuma, spirit. But there is a breath. There, there God breathes into this. He becomes a living soul. And then he, Jesus, of course, the, the Lord says, hey, if, if, you know, if you don't, if you go and eat from the tree, you will die. But we know he physically didn't die, right? Adam didn't die at first. But what did die? Spirit. His spirit died. His, his, so here these guys are walking around in the heat of the cool of the day, sorry, and they, they're interacting with God. They saw God. They interacted with Him. God, suddenly, it's not so clear. Now they, they, they're not having, now they, they're not seeing Him. I really believe that, like I, I think Andrew Wamaku who said it, he spoke, that it was a third, it's like a sixth sense, if you will. We, that part of us died. But here we see, with that that God breathes into Adam and, and He has this He has the spirit of life. And he, you know, we see this in Jesus. Jesus says in John six sixty-three, My words are spirit, and they are life. Powerful. His word, and so so, you know, there's the I don't, I don't want to go and touch on the Greek word rhema just yet because, the, you know, I think there's been so much misunderstanding between rhema and logos. But, but the logos I want you to see, in the beginning was the word we see in John 1, that whole ch- beautiful chapter that says that Jesus was the, was the word in the beginning. He wasn't always called the word. In the, and, and, of course, beginning is a term to you and I. You realize that, right? It's the beginning of this area, this space-time continuum, if you will. God created time, and He inserted us, and He created the creation into time. It's another thought altogether if you just put your science brain on and think, what happens if God was expanding the space-time continuum? How long would six days have been? Because time can change. Time is flexible even today. Just something to go and study if you want to go. But I do believe God created the earth in six days. I'm just not sure how long each of those days were. Sometimes, (laughs) but I don't know. There's there's things there that we don't understand. But that doesn't mean I don't have to understand it. He is God, so God says. Remember, you've heard me say it so many times. In these last days, Hebrews chapter one verse three. In these, God in times past has revealed himself through the first from verse one. You know, he's revealed himself through the prophets, and but in these days, he has revealed to us through his son. So. So God wanted to insert himself into four dimensions, into our dimensions to reduce his capacity. And so he comes, and he, he, but he comes filled with the Spirit of God, a link, to, a, a link, if you were, to God. I mean, he is God, the Spirit. He empties himself of God. He inserts himself, and it says that if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. You've seen exactly how a human can function with the Spirit of God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all. Anyhow, the, the, these these things, when when God says His word is spirit and His word is life, and and now He's given us this the, the, these these scriptures. And and these scriptures are like like my Hoberman's Sphere over here. Giving if you want to if you want to know God. And it's so sad because you've got to, you've got to embrace a love, a love for the Word of God. It's got to become a passion of yours. But you know why we don't? Because we're dead scared of it. We have been so beaten up and somebody is telling you some story about it. And, and, and you don't because you know why? You don't trust the character of God. If you know, like we sang this morning, He is good, and that became a revelation to me, a revelation to each of our hearts, that God is good. I mean, tell you, if you want to simplify theology, start there. God is good, the devil is bad. I mean, it's like pretty much it. Because if He is good, and He is, He, he reveals His goodness from time to time to time to time, across generations, but you know what? The devil comes in behind them and says, did God really say and we still fall for it. Did God really say? Did God really say? Oh, no, that can't be real, because I don't understand it, because I don't get it. But I'm telling you, if we get into the Word of God, and we find out like the Spirit, we believe Jesus' words that He says, my words are Spirit, and they are life, and Pastor Greg touched on that word, and then in Proverbs, I mean, I love Proverbs chapter 4, 20 to 23, and, and there's so many places talking about what the Word can do in our lives and what, what it can bring in our lives. Um, yeah, they are, spirit and <laughs> they are spirit and life. So we see um, Jesus, the Logos, inserts himself into us, and we, we've got to, we, we, he inserts himself into our world at least, and, we, and we've got this opportunity to lay hold of these truths. But guys, as you've heard me saying before, this, this Christianity today, if we want to go where God wants us to go in these end times, please, 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 it doesn't, it, doesn't st- it doesn't start and end with a Sunday morning service. This is a place for disciples to hang out to encourage one another. Listen, sinners are welcome anytime. But essentially, the purpose of the body of Christ, the body of Lake Haven, as a microcosm of the other body, we are here to encourage one another and build one another up, and to operate as a gift, uh, uh, operate with, within our gifts and our callings and our strengths and our weaknesses, to be on this journey together. Because you aren't it, I'm not it. It takes a body of many parts, and if we we've going if we want to go on, if we want to if we want to lay hold of these things, we can't be sick and poor. Again, no condemnation for if you're poor or if you're sick. I, I struggle in some of these areas. But I'm telling you what we've heard, like Carly built, packed it out, and, and we've touched on the, the parable of the sower so many times. But it's true what Jesus said. If you don't get this parable, how will you get anything else? If you don't grasp what I'm teaching you here. But there's excitement. This, this is the power that's there. It's not used, God doesn't use it to condemn us. He shows us the way out of it. He shows us how we can use the Word of God, how we can get it, and produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. If you want the seed of the Word of God to produce in your life, there's a very simple method that He's showing us. It's just as simple as getting that seed, and like if you went back to Pastor Greg's message called, and what they taught... And you pray because you are filled. If you are a born-again believer, you are. You have the Spirit of God within you. And if you say, you know, Lord, show me show me what I'm reading. Help me understand this. Now go back and listen to these things. If you're struggling with healing, then, then it's... do. Carly said it. Why are we okay? Why have we become comfortable with our sickness? Why have we become comfortable with our poverty? Why do we think it's, why, why, whatever the benefit is that God has shown us, it's not the point, we've got to understand this in the context, it's the point of whole, all of Christianity isn't just to be healed, because then you run your whole life from meeting to meeting just to get healed, or your whole life to go to prosperity, and just so that you can be rich, no, 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 it's for the greater cause, the greater cause, connecting people to His cause is our number three part. We, connect, we need to be connected to His cause. And what is His cause? Go and make disciples of the, of the world. Are we? Can we? We can. I'm telling you, we can. We can be a force to be reckoned with in the Spirit and in what God has called us to do. And I honestly believe that if we're going to be part of the, the, the parable of the ten virgins, remember the ten virgins and their oil and having oil in our lamb? If we want to, we, we, there is an element that we have got to choose to participate in, being, in using our talents for the kingdom of God and being willing to use our oil and getting, get plugged into the Holy Spirit and understand all of those pieces of, for this end time thing. We have to see there's a greater cause. Because if we leave and we walk out these doors, oh yeah, Shannon's done, phew, I can go to lunch and go on with the rest of my day and I'm not seeing the cause Then we just live for ourselves. I believe we're 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 we're, we're hoodwinked. We we have life stolen from us, and we ultimately get to end of our life, and we all think, "What's this all about?" But you see, when you do what Jesus said, and you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When we when we make that doesn't mean that you don't go to work and that you just sit and you go to every revival and you sit in the back and you pray and you read your Bible all day. That's not what it's saying. That's not seeking the kingdom of God first. It's putting the principles of the kingdom to work. It's putting the principles of the kingdom in the priority that God puts them in. All those critical factors that God has given us, we have decided to embrace them and to take them to heart and to say, okay, Lord, I'm living kingdom first. That's the reason we got born again. If we, but you know what? We were hoodwinked. A lot of us got born again. You can make it to heaven. Don't go to hell. Go to heaven. Say this magic little prayer. You say the little magic prayer, and I've got nothing with, it's absolutely wonderful that if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you're going to heaven. But that is not the whole end game, people. God has got a plan for us in this world. In this world, we are like Him. We are called. You are called. You have a specific gift and calling on your life and heart to be a part of this. And you have a unique, I'm telling you, specifically unique gifting in you. That's what the whole parable of the talents is about. Ten talents, five talents, one talent. It doesn't matter how many talents you have or what the talent is. You have something unique to you. Will you use it or will you bury it? And, and, and there's that, that calling on our hearts that is going to be, if you want fulfillment in life, it's simply to plug into His cause. You plug into His cause and you will find fulfillment. You may, you may not reach, I don't think any one of us, Hebrews 11 says that the, the heroes of faith didn't reach their end, their end of everything that they were. So I don't think we ever do because there's always more we can have. So why not start today? Why not start today and say, I'm going to live kingdom first. I'm going to put kingdom first, not because you're earning something from God, but because this is, this is the greater cause that we're, that we're supposed to live for. These benefits are side issues. But let me get back to that. The simple thing is like if we have a lack, if we have a side issue that's plaguing us, there's a simple solution. Seed of the word of God in the parable of Sower gets sown. The heart is dependent on who? How many times have I said this? Who's the heart? My heart. Sorry, the soil is our hearts. I said that the wrong way around. What is the soil? The soil is my heart. You've got to say that to yourself. Uh, That soil is my heart. The seed of the Word of God doesn't change. It gets cast, it can get thrown into you. It doesn't matter where the seed comes from, whatever source you want to do it, from a book, from a teacher, from whatever it is, the seed of the Word of God is going to come to you. you. It's up to you to decide, is that seed going to stay on the hard soil? Are you going to give it a little bit of ground? Are you going to give it good ground but then choke it? Or are you going to let it bear 30, 60, and 100 fold? The choice is yours. So what happens if I'm, sa- if I'm suffering with sickness or poverty or whatever the benefit is, right? How do, I, how do I address this? Get the seed. Here's some good seed. Lord, I threw that seed away. Don't worry, he's got plenty more. The seed of the Word of God. You determine, okay, Lord, where's my heart hard? Why is my heart hard? Do I choose to have a hardened heart? Do I choose to say oh I don't have time to listen to that again? Do I choose not to say, "Do you know that there is a book there that I've shown you, The Gospel of Peace? It took me 3 plus years and I'm still going through it occasionally. Years to read that book because it was so revolutionary to my mindset at the time. I was so stuck in the formulated compressed way of thinking that the world had pushed me into. And and honestly, when we, we have to be able to get honest with ourselves, you've heard me say this, we have to be honest with ourselves in the safe environment of God's unconditional love, it's completely okay to know that you're loved 100% of the time, completely, and you can be honest with yourself, but you've got to be able to take the seed of the Word of God into your heart. And so, you take something, I mean, Ashley uh, and read that great book, 39 Reasons, or was it 39? I'm trying to think of the title. Um, reason to be, to get your health or healing or 39 reasons you can be healed yep. the scriptures and he goes and he lays out in that little booklet 39 scriptures there is seed right there yes. so if you're struggling in healing and you dare believe that god wants you well because i can probably i was so cramped up in my belief system i did not believe i was taught By my denomination, God can heal you if he wants to, but he's going to use healing. He's going to use the sickness to glorify him. I firmly believe that for years. Until I said, is this the truth? Is this real? Where where is my heart being hardened? I didn't have the words and formulas or thinking to be able to put that together. But when you see that, (coughs) excuse me, Jesus, (coughs) excuse me. Jesus wants everybody well all the time. But we've been sold bills of goods like I touched on last week, the sovereignty thing or whatever. That God is doing it and God is causing it and everything that wants. Those are lies, people. And if you will say, well, Shannon, I don't know so much. Well, how's it working for you? Because I'm tired of watching people die. And I'm not saying we. I'm not saying that we're supposed to live forever. While we ever here, you're lucky if you push a hundred. In fact, Miss Charlotte's birthday is this November. A hundred. Wow! If you're watching online, Miss Charlotte, woohoo! A hundred. I mean, that's awesome. You know. But I'm just saying that 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 this. We 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 do not. If we're gonna if we're gonna farm the seed, we've got to be. We've got to be landowners, gardeners. We've got to understand how the heart works because then you can produce the harvest. You simply take the seed of Word of God. You decide to get it in by heart. If you are reading the Word of God and you get these guys, these teachers, and you go and you study it, and if your heart goes, or your mind is like, I don't know, then chill. Just go and read. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me. Help me here. What is the truth? Show me. If you really wanted to get well, you would do that as much as you needed to. If you really wanted to get out of poverty, you would do that as much as you needed to. If you believe that the benefit is for you. If you don't believe it's your benefit or as long as you are deceived, I'm sorry to use that word, but as as long as you have, have swallowed a bill of goods that says Christians are supposed to be sick, just carry on living your life like everybody else does rock a baby, in this little world, please don't look deeper into the Word of God. You can lay hold of it, and you can get it in your heart. I mean, we've got people here. I can think about all the testimonies here. Hannah is sitting up here. I mean, this is awesome. Miracles, miracles. Miracles aren't a big thing. We, we think they aren't a big thing, but we have to be prepared to lay hold of them. And God is, through these messages recently, I feel like w- w- these are too precious just to let slip by. Because I know me. Believe me, I know me. I know me well enough. I know that we can go out, we can risk, and we can skip, and it can be gone. And it's out of our minds. The seed is gone. It becomes a far distant echo. Or, or, you can choose to go back and say we have got so got such blessings today. They didn't have this not many years ago, right? I mean, when when I when I grew up, we had tapes. Uh, you know, I don't remember the eight track so much, but we had tapes, and, and and that was expensive. And I I spent a lot of money on tapes, but thank God you could go back to recordings now, dude. Your phones, podcasts, free. This message. The other message is free. You can just down on your podcast, bring up Lake Haven Media, da, 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 and you can go and listen to that. Yes. Are you kidding? You mean you can go? You've got the ability for absolute nothing. You can. In fact, in fact, this is the danger. It is so available. It is so available that you can be like, you know, a starving man at the Golden Corral. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know which one to pick first. You're gonna try and shove it all in your mouth at the same time. <laughs> not gonna work. Not going to, maybe Golden Corral's not the best pick, but, so, but you know what I'm saying. But but I'm saying is like there is so much out there that you've got to say, you've got to it comes down to very simply, you've got to partner with the Holy Spirit. You have to partner with the Holy Spirit. And you've got to say, okay. What, what is it, Lord, as you praying in the Spirit, and, we, and you, we, we've spoken about praying in the Spirit, there's so many benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit. Having a personal relationship, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to be our helper. He is going to be just like Jesus to us. He's going to show us. He's going to remind us. He's going to point things out. So let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is essential because He's going to help you walk out your situation with the wisdom that you need for your unique place. You see, we've we've tried to borrow somebody else's formula. Now, truth is truth. Don't misunderstand me. Truth is always truth. The seed of the Word of God is always the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. But don't fall into the religious trap that we all so easily love is try and follow their formula. Well, he did this, and then he did this, and then he did this. Listen, there are some ultimate critical factors that are in our belief system. And that's why we have D group. And that's why we're working on, on redoing <coughs> that whole series, the whole D group series. And, we- and I believe it's going to be an awesome series that God is giving us some wisdom in. But I tell you what, there, is th- there are fundamental truths that we need to get in our lives. But as we, as we work on these fundamental truths and we get them established in our heart and we prioritize, like this is just the simple, the simple, the, the simple critical pieces are getting the word, the parable of the sower, Getting the word in our heart and gardening our heart. In other words, don't let the thorns choke you. There are dangers. Jesus warned us in there. I'm not going to go through the parable. He gave us very specific warnings of what can choke the seed of the word of God, even when you get it deep enough in your heart. You can only, you mean the little, the second option was either have it just gone or give it a little bit of, just get it a little bit of depth. And then as soon as any kind of trouble comes along, poof, it's gone. How often does that happen with healing? You're getting a, you, you start to get a little bit of depth because you put the scriptures, you've got the seed in the word of God, you're starting to believe it, but then persecution for the word's sake arises and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not healed because it doesn't feel right. I love what I heard recently. Is this like, well, did you, how did you get born again? When you get born again, did you feel born again for every day for the rest of your life? Did you ever, did you, or were you like me? I had major issues with doubt. Did I really, did God, have, how did I get born? Was it for real? Now, some of you, you know, had these Paul like experiences, Saul on the road to Damascus maybe, but I was like, I don't know, did I get born again? I had to be reassured from the word of God. Lickerson, Shannon, if those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, that became my root scripture. I've called on your name, and according to your word, even though I don't feel saved right now, and even though I didn't act saved this last week, your word says that if anyone calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So I had to use that time and time and time and time again until eventually I have no doubt now that I'm saved, even because, I've, because certain things have been built into my heart. But I can tell you it was a process for me, but did I say, if I had said, well, I'm only saved if I feel saved, I wouldn't have even made the journey. I wouldn't even got to those scriptures. Because as soon as I didn't feel saved one week, then I would have pushed it out. I would have dropped it like a ball. I don't know. I guess I'm not saved. I kicked the dog and I yelled at my kids. And I guess I'm not saved. Because that's what my denomination had taught me. If you really were born again, you would never sin again. Now, that, now I kind of laugh at that. I'm like thinking, really? You, you, you believe that? Like, I'd like to know that you never sinned there are some crazy people out there, people. There are some crazy people. The one guy who was well-known at the time made this statement, you know, I've reached such a place in God that if I just think a bad thought, if I just think a bad thought, God would kill me. Dang, I'd be dead. (laughs) You and every one of us, sweetheart. <laughs> being, being, thinking a bad thought has never been, is temptations came to Jesus. Thinking a bad thought is not the end, it's what we do with thoughts and things like that. But I mean, but you know what he was saying? He says, I have a perfect thought life. I have a perfect life because I would, otherwise I would be dead. Really? But I mean, people, thousands of people would rush to his meetings. And you know what? He had lots of healings happening in his meetings, genuine healings. What am I saying? That you can't trust everybody? Exactly. You can't trust everybody all the time. Not me, not any healing evangelist is perfect all the time. There's great guys that I love. Not, they're not perfect all the time. The Holy Spirit in you needs to lead you every step of the way. If you start following any man you are in trouble because that man will let you down. That woman of God will let you down. They are human, and they may be really, really awesome and have really, really, really good stuff to contribute to them, but they are not the Lord. And too many times, I mean, people's faith was shaken back in the day with Jimmy Swaggart or Jim Baker and all of these guys had their issues. And, oh, you see, there is no God. We see these guys. If these guys... It's like, dude, these guys are just human. I sometimes wish there was a little bit more humility, but they're just human, guys. None of us are perfect. None of us have it together. But we need the Holy Spirit to walk through this in our situation. The the piece of the formula, if you want to use the word, I don't like using the word, is simply that. The parables that God gives us, the truth that Jesus gives us, are often about truths of how to walk and benefit in the kingdom. Those parables, most of Jesus's parables were for us today. They weren't for back then, and they were not about being born again. They were end time stuff. There was things about how to live in the kingdom, how to appropriate that stuff in the kingdom, and so it's not, it's not got to do with with just getting born again. And, and I'll tell you what, we, we've done a disservice just to make every parable about Jesus about being born again. It's not. It's not. It's about kingdom. Jesus went and preached the good news of the kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. Kingdom is where we need to live. The kingdom is not like this. I've given a whole series on the kingdom, and we're not going to go there now. But the kingdom is not like this world. Why do we live like this world? Why are we playing Cricket on the rugby field or baseball on the football field. You have been translated. You are dead according. If you are born again, your flesh should be dead. It should be inoffendable, unoffendable. It should be dead. But we nurture this little dead body like it's really something special. There is a whole new kingdom. It works on a whole different thing. I like what Greg said the other day. It's an inside-out kingdom. It works very differently. And, and you, you, if you're born again, you've been translated from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of His Son. And so you've got to learn to play how to play the game on that thing, right? And that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. So if we want to benefit, we've just got to take these things and we've got to say, okay, I'm going to lay hold of these truths and they're going to make them mine. I'm going to make them mine, whatever the cost. If you're okay with living sick and dying sick, that's okay. There is, let me put this very, make this clear, there is no condemnation for you. I don't, I wouldn't even have condemnation. I know I'm a a work in progress. I know that I have to work at stuff in my life and I won't have it all together. So you can analyze my life and you say, well, Shannon doesn't You're right. I don't 100%. Let me just take that off the table. You'll be disappointed if you look at my life. <laughs> but but we are, we're on a journey, guys. This is a, this is a process. And we, if we, if we want to participate in this, but, but I don't want to be a bystander in this game, in this time. I don't want to die and not having done my utmost for the kingdom. I want it. I want it. I want, I, want, I want that life. I want that life that Jesus said. Here, now. And like Pastor Greg said, I will give life to your mortal bodies. Not in the sweet by and by. We have got life that we can receive and activate and all of these massive things. But I'm telling you, we can't do it in a Sunday. We can't do it in bite-sized pieces. We've got to, we've got to sell out to it. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to like, you know, maybe that's a hard way to close, but you've got to be like Jesus who says, I'll give it all. It's like that, tr- his parable of the treasure or the f- or the pearl, great price. Man sells everything to grab by that field. The pearl, he sells everything. There is nothing that you're not willing to give. And there's that part. There's that part. Are you willing to leave everything for good Jesus? And, I'm, and it doesn't list, literally mean uh, you have to leave your family, but are, are you willing to make him that sort of priority in your life? Because that's what the kingdom requires. If you want to live a kingdom life, it's about setting those kind of priorities for him. And that's what's coming, people. I'm telling you what you're seeing and you're seeing tasting in these little bits of revival that are happening now in college campuses. It's, all, it's not about God deciding to get off his uh, throne and come down. He, it's, about, it's about people deciding to plug into God and to sell out and to decide. And when we decide that, we will have the same experience. When we choose to serve God and seek Him with all outs and put make kingdom first, when we do what He says, it will work like He says it will. It's about lining up with that. So I'm going to leave you with that. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are a helper. The alos, the helper of the same kind that you were given to us. And we thank you that we will never, never, never be without you. Thank you that you are leading us and guiding us into all truth. And you remind us of things that you have said. And so, Father, I speak a word of life-giving spirit. Your words are spirit and they are life. There's wisdom in the Word of God. There is healing and health in the Word of God. There is reproof and instruction in the Word of God. And Father, we submit to it all because it's for our good, because you are good. And we so rejoice in that. So Father, we just, Lord, I just challenge you, each one of us, the question is, how much of my life do I give to Jesus? That's, your, that's a question only each one of us can answer. He knows the answer. You don't have to tell anybody. But I'm telling you, if you sell out, if you sell out to Jesus, watch what he will do. Watch what he will do in your life. You sell out to his words. His word is spirit and life. He has benefits along the way. But just like he said in, Rome, in Matthew 6.33, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That is just serendipitous You will pick them up along the way. Focus, make the main thing the main thing, and the rest will come. And so, Lord, we just sell out to that. We just embrace that. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping each one of us, especially me, who needs it more than anyone. And Father, I just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for family. Thank you for family, Father. Thank you, Father, that we are are strength to one another that we are help to one another, that we build one another up, that we have true koinonia. In Jesus' name, Lord, we just yield to your word and to your love and to your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Is that something that you believe? Amen. I know what, there's a choice there and I, and I pray that if you haven't decided that in your heart today, take that home with you. What will you choose? because people, I'm not here to flip the lights on on a Sunday. I'd rather die than just flip the lights on here on a Sunday. This is not about me standing up here so that I can have something to say. I'd rather go to heaven. We've got things to do. We've got places to do. We've got stuff. We've got a kingdom. We, I want to kick the hell out of the devil. And by the way, he's not, he is not in hell, in case you know. We've got things to do and you're part of that. Amen. We love you guys. Have a great week. Sorry. um, Remember, I'm just going to leave it there. Sorry.